0: constantly like recentering with myself and saying like okay like what am I learning here like what am I taking away here like this is a new environment am I adding to this environment or am I letting the environment influence me right like
1: hey everyone welcome back to the permission to pivot podcast I'm your host, Jasmine, and I am joined by another amazing guest. Um, I'm always excited about my guests, but I'm super excited about the one that we have today. Uh, she is my business bestie and has been for the last few years. And so I'm so excited for you all to hear about her story, but also be encouraged by her. Um, if y'all can please help me virtually welcome Shannon uh, to the podcast. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Jazz. Welcome to the pod, girl. Um, If we could just start and if you can share with our listeners um, who you are, what you do, and where you're at.
0: Absolutely. So I'm Shannon Walker. I am from Stone Mountain, Georgia. I am based in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, Most recently, I was working at Google as a strategy and planning operations program manager. And the business bestie part is I am a natural hair coach. So I was just natural hair coach um, and those are the things that I do. Who I am, what I do, where I'm at.
1: Excellent. Love it. Um, so the first question that I've asked all season since the season is about growth and growing through it is um, if you can think back to what you think is one of the most pivotal moments in your lifetime that has significantly influenced your journey to where you're at or where you're currently at, um, what do you think that moment was? If you could just pick one, I'm sure there are plenty, but if you could pick one, what where do you think you would?
0: Yeah, no, I have one glaring moment that kind of like jumps out to me. And I think in true form of this being Permission to Pivot podcast, like I think it was the first, time that I decided like in my adult life right like that I decided to like bet on myself and take a pivot in my career so my backgrounds I have two bachelor's degrees one in business administration one in communication studies with a math minor Um, and then I decided to do my master's in higher education which is not the pivot that I'm referencing although that is a pivot in and of itself Um, but I graduated with my master's I was working um, two years of my master's working at the University of Georgia and I think I just very quickly realized I wanted to do something where I could give back. I was working with students. I really loved the students I was working with. I loved the thought of having an impact, but I did not love, you know, feeling like I was not getting paid a livable wage, feeling like any bigger dreams that I had were never really going to be on the table or be in play for me. Um, I was living in Athens, Georgia. My salary was like underneath 40K with a master's and like two other degrees. And so, and I was working all the time. I was working like 8 a.m. to like 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. Doing student programs, advising groups, running events, all of these things. And I could just feel life weighing on me. I could feel life weighing on me and I could feel myself just like, I don't know, starting to just be overwhelmed by the work as well as being overwhelmed by the thought of not knowing how to get myself out of that cycle of work, right? Because when you're in higher ed, um, it's I think... If people in higher ed that they like genuinely love it and I think it's an important work to do but it's kind of like hard to find upward mobility at least in my experience um and so I decided that I was running field trip programs for students like just program management work but in a very different space um but I knew I had a business background like I knew I had a business degree I knew I'd had a math minor and I knew that I wanted to do something more analytical something like more te- like more technical at least See if I could find a challenge in that space. So I essentially moved back to Stone Mountain, Georgia, did not renew my apartment lease, probably like mid fall of 2018, and decided that I was going to job search in another industry, which, like, when you're an educator, it feels very foreign to think about how your skills can translate at all. Like, what value add do I have? Like, how can I do this? Um, And so I moved home and I ended up commuting an hour and some change one way um, to Athens until almost August of that next year and just continuously moving myself out of that environment because I knew I didn't want to be there anymore and that being the first step to like job searching and ultimately getting a job in ed tech, which is what moved me up to DC and that I think was the biggest life-changing thing because I saw the power in myself one to like stand firm in what I knew I wanted for myself and honestly it's just the diligence and determination to like wait and restart um because like I said it was November to August so that's months many things transpired um but seeing the power of the outcome too I think that was really encouraging and empowering to see like I could make something happen for myself with faith in God too because he was definitely
1: in there yeah <laughs> hold it yeah so it sounds like, well, one, I get it because I understand the higher ed hamster well. That's, what, that's what's currently paying the bills. And so I totally understand um, the how quickly that folks in higher ed get burned out, particularly when when people yeah. serve in student-facing roles. It sounds like when you, there was a point where you made a decision that like, this isn't what I want to do. Like, this isn't going to serve who I want to be six months from now, a year from now, like where I see my life and um, definitely like lots of heavy self-awareness. What Do you think, what role do you think having like self-awareness and just being able to reflect on what you desire, what you want in your current circumstance and how those things may be different? um, How do you think that helps to catalyze you making a decision to ultimately like pivot away from higher education in the traditional sense?
0: I think it's super pivotal because one if you don't know where you're going like you can almost pivot like you want to be pivoting forward or at least like trying right like if if you try something and it doesn't work out but it's like okay like that was a passion dream it didn't work out but I think you have to have a sense of self-awareness so that way when you are pivoting it's something that's ultimately adding to your growth right and I spent a lot of time like when I was in that career transition, I went to career services and I processed there and I did some work on like, what are my job values? I processed with an alum of my master's program who also worked on campus. And he was just like, what are your life values? And I think that was something that he asked me that was so powerful. He was just like, what are, I think he asked me like, what are three things that I think I'm good at doing? And then like, what are three of like my top life values? And it was like faith, myself and community. Right. And like, I feel like it's kind of Pretentious when you people hear you say yourself, but it's like you have to value yourself because if not you, then who? And if I'm going to be carrying out all these things, like I need to be okay enough to do that. Like my faith is what I run everything through. And then community, like if I like who am I doing things for, like if not community. So, like those being the values, and then the three things I'm being good at, like I think it was, I think I should remember them off the top of my head a little bit better, but at the time, I feel like I put down, I was like organizing empowering and encouraging um and maybe it was like I want to say strategizing but I don't feel like that was the word but I can't remember what the third was at this time but like having those things together just helped me to process like okay well if these are the things that I'm good at like what's gonna allow me to thrive in those spaces if these are the things that I value like is what I'm doing meeting any of these values like are they allowing me to work in that space and so like having those pieces of self-awareness um you can kind of drill down from there right and I think burnout for me was one part of that pivot but the other part too was just having inside me like wanting to do something different it was a lot of event coordination um event management and that was fun for a season I got to do so many cool things um I held a pet snake one time, like, uh, you know, like just like a variety of very different things that I look back and I smile and I'm like, I'm so happy I had the opportunity to do that. Um, I met somebody, like he worked on the Netflix film Chasing Coral at UGA. And I think he had like a an Emmy or he won an award and I got to like pull it and take pictures of it. I'm not doing that in like today's life. But I think it was also just like recognizing that I didn't want to do events anymore. Like, and I didn't want to do that in a higher ed space. And I wanted to do something More technical, like I wanted to try and get a coding skill. Like I had taken those classes, I had taken business classes, and ultimately I was afraid of corporate at one point. Like I didn't want to go into corporate America, I thought it was scary. So when I made the choice to pivot, it was also me conquering a fear. Like it wasn't just like, I'm so burnt out, I want to get away. It was like, okay, like what? Like I'm doing this, I chose it, I enjoy it. I think education and learning are important. That's a value that's core to me. I can do that in other ways. I can support that in other avenues. Um, but like what like what do I want to do like now? What was I afraid of that like if I just pulled back that fear and tried, like I would at least be able to say, like, hey, I did it and I was good at it. Hey, I did it, and like <laughs> I wasn't any better at it than anything else, but I could, I could know, right? And and move forward from there. So that's kind of the lens with which I look through it. And I think. Just challenging that fear is a continual process, but a very important one that helps you get to those values as well.
1: Yeah, I think the challenging the fear part is, um, man, like, that's hard. Like, the reality is that, like, it, it it's going to make for a great post on social media. <laughs> and then it can make for a great caption or tweet. It sounds great in theory, but I think, like, the the embracing the courage to, like, walk it out in ways feel authentic is the part that some people just aren't, like, are not ready to do or or are are unwilling to do in whatever season of life that they're in. Um, As you were talking, one of the words I heard that I heard come up a lot was values, Mm -hmm. Um, and so talking about, like, what you value personally, what you value, um, in your career, and so I'm wondering what you think have been the biggest influences that have influenced your value, and how how your values maybe have changed, right, since you made it, since you made your decision, right, to pivot, um, do you think any of your values, particularly around like what you want and desire for your life, but also what you want and desire in your work, do you think any of those have changed?
0: I think the things that I want for my life are the same in some ways i'm just able to be a little bit more honest about some of them like now that i like because you know it's like you have little thoughts in the back of your mind like oh maybe i want that but like well, i want that or like can i really like do that like can i really build a life like that and now i'm just kind of like like you said it's a gradual process so i feel like there's still some things that i'm like you know like i'll whisper it but it's like no i can like working on saying them a little bit louder um i think in terms of well, before I say it, in terms of work, and I will say like in terms of like personal values, I think I I try and look at stuff, one through like a lens of faith for me. And so like the more I learn about that, like that's an important and driver thing. And then the other lenses are like myself and like community. So I think it's just, I get new understandings of how I can enact on those values or new understandings of like, okay, like I say, I value myself, but like how am I treating myself today? Like how am I showing up today? Like, am I prioritizing my health? Shannon, I didn't, I personally didn't do a great job of that last year. So that's something new this year. So I think it's it's the same values and new revelations of how I can like work towards those. In terms of work, I will definitely say I think as I've just experienced different um, work environments too, because in true permission to pivot fashion, I pivoted from working on a higher education campus to working at an ed tech company, doing technical project management work. And then I pivoted to Google doing strategy and operations work. And now we're in the midst of exploring what another pivot is going to be. And so each of those things have yielded different environments that have just exposed me to like different expectations when it comes to work. Right. When I worked in higher ed, I would have never dreamed of like being at home. This is my home office. <laughs> like I have my standing desk here. I would have never dreamed of that. I was doing hands on events things all the time. Like that's just the way that I thought work had to be. And being in the tech space. And I also think like now with the pandemic, you know, having the flexibility to just be where I want to be and, you know, not feel micromanaged on projects, like being able to add my value with my ideas and speak on those and like bounce them around and collaborate with other people. Right. Like, I think those are things that I've found that I've enjoyed over time. And so I think my values have definitely grown in just recognizing like hey like I might have felt like this was impossible but it's happening somewhere (laughs) like let me find a place where it's happening or create it if not or like speak up for that if not right like if I see something and whether or not like they take that upon themselves like I think that's one thing but you know like you can always just observe and find your your space and your niche for what you want to see and what you want to add.
1: And I think that sort of like you said, like if it's not happening and something I want to happen either, you can advocate for it or you can create it yourself. And or you can find a new environment that reflects the thing that you desire. Right. And I oftentimes oftentimes I have to remind myself that like I actually do have permission if this is an environment, if there's something in the environment that I want to see that I'm not seeing, like I actually can vocalize that. And it's not always up to me to decide. Yeah, is going to come to fruition in that environment, right, but it's, it is always up to me to vocalize the thing that I want or need to thrive in an environment. Now, what other folks in the environment do with the request is something completely different, right, Um, but I think that what I'm learning in my own journey, right, is in all environments, that's personally, that's in all of the relationships that I'm in, and in my job, and in a business, right, is to say like, oh no, no, no! Like this is what I actually need to thrive in this setting.
0: Yeah.
1: Is there something we can do to achieve this optimal environment for me? Right. I also think that usually what I'm asking for is helpful for other people. Yeah. Typically, selfishly, I'm asking for myself, but I'm also like, you like, know,
0: other someone, people else, you. someone else needs hey,
1: it. Someone. This probably is going to be beneficial to other people, right? And I think there's a lot of power and being able to like ask for the things that you want or that you need, even if, even if your voice shakes, right. Or even if, if at first it's a whisper and someone's like, excuse me, what did you say? Right. Like that, even if your heart's beating through your chest that you, you are allowed to ask for those things um, fully and like unapologetically. So you've talked about four like career pivots essentially that have happened since your master's program. I'm curious to know what have those pivots taught you about yourself? I feel like I'm constantly recentering
0: because I'm a person that like I work like I like a challenge like and I think that's why for me like the pivots have been cool. So one of my one of my values is learning like I like to learn something new and I think I, I mean, and honestly, I just think it's important to like constantly, not like constantly with something big or small, like, but be willing and open to learning. But I think in that, like, especially like with all of my jobs and I, this is something I'm reflecting on currently, I find myself being like, oh my gosh, like I want to make this thing happen. I get caught up in the work and like get caught up in the pace and just recognizing that like, and I'm speaking into like, in terms of work for this pivot too, but I think with any new thing or any new pivot or experience or like project or whatever in life, like it's so easy to get caught up in that moment and like just wanting to like delve into a thing. But I'm recognizing now like constantly like recentering with myself and saying like, okay, like what am I learning here? Like what am I taking away here? Like this is a new environment. Am I adding to this environment or am I letting the environment influence me, right? Like some of those pivots, like I said, I went from higher ed and that was very much like I'm working all the time and I'm like feeling like I'm not getting any money for this. And then I went to ed tech, but I was doing that in DC. So I'm like, well, DC is an expensive place, but I doubled my salary. So like, we're still doing a little bit better. Um, And like having this like technical curve to learn on and like wanting to prove myself and then pivoting to Google, which is also like, I got there and I was like, I see why I'm here. So a bunch of people like me, it's a bunch of people like me that want to achieve, that like want to do work well. But sometimes that like can feed this constant drive to like show up or to prove yourself and Sometimes, and and even now, like this is something I've been processing in the last few months, it's like, I'm here for a reason. Um, I have something to add and not not letting the environment overwhelm me, but like letting myself like learn from the environment, but also impact it and influence it instead of just like being consumed by it. I think that's something big and important that I've learned in like assessing maybe this just isn't a healthy environment, right? Like <laughs> sometimes that's the case too in addition to like checking back in with this stuff, I will say like out of two of those pivots, like the very first one, um, I spent some time in therapy during that time as well. Cause like one, like sometimes the things that we're like dealing with or experiencing or projecting in certain places, like work, like we're anxious at work or we're home at work. Like they actually have nothing to do with that. Like that's just where these things are showing up and kind of manifesting. Um, and same, like, I think even like recently, just like taking time to constantly do, the self-work I think is really important um, and kind of see things for what they are and be able to objectively take a step back. I think that has been one of the biggest and recurring lessons. Um, because even to the point earlier when we were talking about just like on the last question you asked me about like how environments are influencing you and like how people may not react to your suggestions the way that you want them to that's something that I used to struggle with. I used to be like okay, like, why can't people see things from this perspective? Like, and I'm a, operations mind, I'm doing like all this logistical work. So I'm thinking through so many scenarios in my mind, like, well, this doesn't make sense. Why would they do this way? Why would they do it that way? But like, we're all just different people navigating stuff the best way we know how. Um, And so like, we just have to be mindful of how we're showing up in spaces as well as how other people are showing up in spaces. And yeah, I think once you like pull yourself out of an environment, like you recenter on yourself, it allows you to look a little bit more objectively at other people too and say like hey like I'm showing up this way they're showing up that way like I've definitely shown up like that sometimes like giving balance giving grace um
1: yeah I think you you hit the nail on the head I think that when one therapy like I think gives us the tools to be able to not only recenter and ground ourselves but also to understand like if I've got all this stuff going on on the inside of me and there's one small event that could trigger me that everyone else, at least probably the same, if not more of those things that are also happening and occurring in the same space, right? And so then I can have some grace for like, uh, you have an attitude today, and that's usually not your MO, and like, okay, so something probably triggered you today that doesn't have anything to do with me, right? Um, And so I think therapy has helped me for sure like learn not only grace for myself but grace for other people because I understand like I got my own stuff going on and so does everyone else. And we always bring all our stuff with us to to every place we go. Like we bring it with us. Um and so that has been that's been helpful. So I'm glad that you you touched on that. You talked, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but Oh, you were talking about adding value, like to the environment and influencing the environment, and not letting letting the environment like influence you. And I was like, wow, what a what a nugget, <laughs> um, because I think that's so challenging, yeah. particularly for folks. Like I would say that I'm a recovering overachiever. Yeah. Although I still like, like to achieve, I don't have to. Over... Too. <laughs> yeah, like I don't have to overdo it. Like I can still do good work and do work excellently. And like that that be the standard and not have to go 82 steps above and beyond to prove value. Right. Yes. Um, and so I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think that there are so many times where I have gone into an environment wanting to add value and then quickly realizing that one, what the what this organization Or what the people at this organization value actually is in alignment, is not in alignment with what I value for myself, even though the work that I'm doing is good. Or that like, you know, everyone at this job is competent. And so I don't have to overdo it because then I step on other people's toes. And so if I just step back and like just do the work that's been assigned to me, you know, sometimes that's enough. Let people design in their own. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm... I think sometimes, particularly as Black women, right, that like we we are conditioned in a very, very specific way. And and I think that we are we are examples of that. Right. Like go to college and get a good get a degree, girl. And, you know, it's not it's not bad to go get a second degree. And then you get that good job, that good job, quote unquote. Right. Um, And then you start realizing, like, actually, I don't even want to do this. (laughs)
0: mine was day three on that new job I sat at my desk and I had a breakdown
1: (laughs) yeah I was like I don't want to do this right and so I think that particularly for black women folks that are over recovering overachievers are currently trying to get off the hamster wheel of overachieving That is it's important to think about like how is my environment influencing me and who I am in the season and it goes back to the self-reflection of like who do I want to be? Because I think if we don't have a good se- a good sense of self, it is very easy for anyone, anything to influence who we are wh- and what we're placing value on, right? Um, yeah, and so you, when you said that, it just sort of made me think of like, oh, black, black women, we are so conditioned to always yeah, want to come be in value and be everything.
0: All I like, want to like the movie name.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I think I'm like just leaning into the season of like. And I just saw something on on Instagram maybe and someone talked about like doing work thoroughly does not mean that my work is hard and does not mean that I have to overdo it in my work. It just means like I do a good job and I let the good job be a good job. And I was like, wow, what a, I remember reading that and being like, wow. No, more thoroughly and that's it. I said, wow, you're a genius. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Um, So-
0: About like black women and just feeling like we have to over like overachieve and like overdo all the things. I think that I'm gonna say I feel like that's a continual like journey and battle of deprogramming Mm because I think it's hard. I feel like it's hard, and then like for people that are overachievers, like the tendency to over criticize ourselves, and so it's like dang, like I wanted to do less and I did more, so then you are critical for that. You know, it's like you can always find. something to be critical about um and I think that's so it's it's just a challenging thing to do it's a thing that requires continual work and like I think it gets easy not easier over time like you become more aware of like okay like I can go back here like okay like this person is competent especially you and I being business besties and like starting out things small and like doing all the things ourselves and we've talked mm-hmm. about like this go around it's like okay i want support like i want somebody that can run this like this is not where i'm passionate like somebody has the skill and it's good enough to do it um and allowing people to like come along us and support us in the journey and honestly take off that pride a little bit you know mm-hmm. thinking we have to do everything ourselves like removing that barrier of pride um and allowing people to come into like our world our ideas our lives and as co-workers as partners in business as partners in life like as whatever that is um and operate in in that way
1: I think it goes back to this value of community that you talked about earlier and I would say is also a lens that I move through the world with and and something that I value as well as this concept of community and knowing that like it looks different every season how you curate it also looks different so I'm curious to know in throughout your pivots and throughout like these pivotal growth moments that have happened both professionally, but also in business, how your community has impacted your ability to keep going.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Honestly, I think they're so vital. Like even today like we were getting I was getting ready to come join you and I'm not a big makeup girly and I wanted to try eyeshadow and I was like this looks crazy and my friend was here and she like fixed it for me, you know? So, hopefully it doesn't look too bad. Good. I good. okay
1: can I see you. you know?
0: But like I think it's it's those like just little moments like that's a very small moment but like that just made me smile cuz I'm I'm literally thinking about it right now. I'm like Brittany you have a crazy, please help me. But like just having those people that you can be honest with but in like a larger scale I think part of like just pivoting is just like betting on yourself to push past your nerves to try something new. And that can be really scary and it can be really hard and it can feel really daunting and it can almost like, depending on what new thing you're trying to start, like you don't have a starting point. Right. And for me in those times, like I look at my community, like when I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I leave higher ed and, and get somewhere else, like get into ed tech. Like I looked around the community I had at the time and I would just talk with my friends. I would talk to my friends about their job searches. I would just like process with them. And honestly, like when I was feeling very low about it, I would say, like, hey, like I'm not feeling like with that first pivot, it was a point where I was like, I just don't feel joyful right now. Like I don't feel great about anything. And so like having those people that could like hear me in those moments and like just validate me and see me and, and let me know that it was okay and let me be kind of like a potato in the times I needed to be a potato and give me pushes the times that I needed to have pushes is so important. Um after I got the job at that tech company, two years later I ended up quitting that job. Right. And I think it was it was it was a job that I had through the pandemic. And so the pandemic was a lot for a lot of people and I enjoyed that job really a lot. Like it was very fun for me. It was very new. Um, and it was hired adjacent. So I was like working with universities to implement technology softwares. Um, and it got to a point towards the end where I didn't see my growth there anymore either. Um, in terms of positioning, in terms of like just opportunities there. I took a step back and I quit and it was a fake choice. And I one of my friends when before I quit, I was like searching and I just it wasn't yielding what I needed to yield, but I could feel my time there quickly coming to an end. And it was a friend who was like, Hey, like I just wanna. I just, I'm waiting for you to say you want to work in like data analytics. I'm going to connect you with my friend that works at Google. I didn't know she had a friend that worked at Google. I was shook. I was like, okay, girl, you know, like that, like that wasn't even on my roadmap. You know what I mean? But because of the intervention of this friend who like connected me with him and he's great, his name's Andy. And he, I feel like he's just, you know, really been supportive and dropped wisdom the nuggets me. But that's an extension of her community that she extended to me. Right. And so when I quit that job um, at the EdTech company, I essentially, like, emailed, like, a close friends and family group, and I was, like, hey, friends, I have decided I'm going to quit my job. Um, this is what I'm looking for. Like, I want to be a strategic program manager. Like, I, I was, like, I think I said I want to be a program manager in tech, and when I talked to people, I was, like, I specifically want to be at, like, Google or Microsoft, but I also remember praying the day that my friend said that to me. And I was, like, God, just give me a sign of, like, something I'm supposed to be doing, and then she was, like, yeah, I'm introducing you to this guy at Google, and I was, like, okay, God, I read signs, like, we'll pray over this. I don't receive this. And I'm going to like believe big for that. But it was because I had friends. And the day I wrote that email to my family, another friend was like, you know, you're going to be fine. Like I, she had quit a job. I asked her and she said, you know, you're going to be fine regardless. Like if you quit this job or if you don't, you're going to be fine. Then I emailed my friends and family. I told them I quit my job and I sent them my resume and asked them if they had any connection to help me one of my friends knew somebody at Microsoft and another friend had already given me a connect at Google so like I and I still had much more work to do from there but it was and I actually hadn't quit my job yet just to be clear I told my friends and family I quit my job and then after that I was like okay I told them. so I need to actually email in my two weeks notice then I quit because it was real to my community so it could then become real like in my workspace Um, so it's invaluable and I think giving the space to be vulnerable with your community which is something I'm constantly working on but that like just seeing it happen for me in that moment and quitting and really having a narrow timeline of four months. And that was, I think November 5th was my last day on Pi Day of 2022, I started at Google. So, and that's like a very fast timeline. And I I really owe that to the uplift of God in my community. Like I can't really take credit for that.
1: Yeah. Um, as you were talking, one thing that I was thinking about was... How many times I have had to lean? I I've had to borrow the courage of my community to take a leap to do something that like feels very scary, and to have one people who may not even know like I'm considering doing this thing, and then they, they speak. Right, and I know that's a God thing. They speak directly to the thing that I'm wanting to do, or they affirm something that they have no clue. Like me and God have like been talking about for a long time, and then I'm like, okay, I guess this was a sign I was asking for. Yeah, have to do it, right? That's Um,
0: bigger than what you think.
1: Yeah, and and but I think about how many times like I've been able to take a step, right, big, small, or in between, because. Like I am literally writing off the strength of the courage of my own community because other people have said, yeah, you actually can do this. And I believe in your ability to do this. I believe that like you are this, this, this and this. And I'm affirming that in you. And sometimes all it takes is like I did not need one person to say like, oh, no, that's dope. Right. So like to so hype me up just a little in my community um, because I place a lot. I place a lot of value in what they say um, and. And because like, I know that my community is strong. And I know that they love me. I also know that when they say things that I don't want to hear, it's because they love me. And I, and so I have to always make space to receive criticism because I know that they criticize me because they love me. It doesn't always feel good. It, it doesn't absorb like how I feel about it in the moment, but, um, it has always been like helpful. And so it sounds like there was a bit of courageous community barring that you also did, right. As you were making your pivots, um, and, and you talked about the vulnerability, right? That like our communities can only be as good as we allow them to be when we're telling them the truth.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: So I can't be like, oh yeah, things are great. How's your How's your job? Uh, things are great, girl. I'm trying to quit. Like, yeah, like I'm
0: miserable. Please
1: help me. I'm right. And if like, that look is- in my eyes and see the <laughs> see, see me, right? But I think that how many times have we missed an opportunity to you know, f- fuel a pivot or, or you know, affirm something that we've been, you know, mulling over or whatever it is, because, like, we just weren't honest with people that we, the probably the people who cared the most and that we should be the most open and vulnerable with, that we didn't have the courage in ourselves to say, like, okay. actually, no, like, this is what's going on, and, like, good, bad, or ugly, like, I need to tell you, because without this truth, like, I can't, you can't show up for me in a way that is meaningful and impactful in this moment, if I'm not telling you the truth, right, and I think if you have good people around you, they make space for the, the really high highs, they're going to celebrate you, hey girl, you got a job at Google, go off, right, but they're also going to, so like, oh, like you're in a transition and a pivot, and you don't have a job, and you're looking for something, like let me be a resource, let me make sure that I'm praying for you, let me encourage you and uplift you, even if I don't have a connection for you, right? Um, and those things matter too. And so I love that your community showed up in a big way. Um, yeah, that they helped influence that, even if it felt small in the moment, but like it it, it had big impact. And so I absolutely love that. Um, we yeah. haven't, <laughs> yeah, big. Um, we haven't really talked about the business side of things, yeah. but I recognize that coaching, is a skill that we learned in higher ed <laughs> yeah. um but it's very different even like your business is very different than formerly how you've been trained in higher ed definitely different than like mm-hmm. what you're doing in the tech space and so what um what influenced you making the decision to like take the leap into starting a business particularly around like natural hair coaching
0: it's funny because <laughs> that was a pivot from something else that was also like a pivot um in life you just got to keep pivoting and keep going with the thing and so as I jokingly said on the third day of my first big girl job after I'd gone through all the school gone through all the masters and gone through all those things I sat down at my desk and I remember feeling it so clearly I was at a desk kind of similar to this because that office there was a window I was looking out of it there was birds and I was like oh my gosh like I spent all of these years trying to get to this point and now I have to feel the rest Fill the rest of my life with something. Is it just more work? Is the only thing that is gonna change the desk in front of me for the rest of my life? Like I felt that so strongly. And it was a, it was horrifying. I was like, I'm afraid. Like, I don't want to have spent my whole life looking forward to this moment and like getting a job. Like, and this is it. Um, so I ended up blogging. I I started a blog and it was called Wondering to Myself and I just gave myself birthday challenges every year and it was like, we'll go see all of Georgia's seven natural wonders. I moved to DC It's like, we'll explore a place a month in DC, like whatever the challenge was. And so out of that, i started doing like community conversation. Um, And I'm natural, I have natural hair. I've never had a perm or anything, but I did wear my hair pressed for a long time. I've experienced a lot of damage. I've had like my hair catch fire, like recently, like last Thanksgiving, I've had my hair like singed off by stylist. I have, had my hair singed off by myself in high school. So a lot of different things and um, going natural has really been an empowering journey for me. And so many people have always asked me about it. So I hosted like hair conversation, like through my blog, it was like hair talk for brown girls. And it was really successful. And I just saw like a need for communities surrounding like hair. Um, For black women, I think we're the drivers of hair care for our communities. And so, like, out of that, like, doing that conversation, I had a panel of women with all different styles and, and hair textures. Um, and we just talked about hair. And it just, it filled me so much to be able to curate that space in that community that I wanted to find, like, a way to build that out. And, like, a course, and honestly, the same, when I got my blog, I think it was, like, midnight fourth of july like around that time and i was like i'm just gonna do it like sometimes you just have to dive into the ideas and the same way that happened like after i did this conversation i think it was in september it was maybe november or december and i was like i'm just gonna put a post on instagram and see like if anybody's interested if and i got two people and that was enough for me i think i said i was gonna take five i got two and i was like that's enough so i did like a little pilot um we met on zoom and I think the educator in me, um, I spent a lot of time when I worked in higher ed working in the in the office of service learning at UGA. And so um, I also like worked with experiential learning programs. And so it felt very natural to me, honestly. It felt like to curriculum writing, um, a segue of thinking about like how we can create these experiences. Like it felt like it was just using those same skill sets but for a different topic and a topic that I'm familiar with and, and very passionate about and care a lot about. And so that's really kind of what's, started it for me and from there as I like have talked to people and just like heard more about their mindsets because our hair is an it's like it literally goes out of our heads it's an extension of ourselves. it's something that has been um politicized for black people you know it's an emotional part depending like hair just means so many different things to people no matter how you're wearing it if you're bald if you have long hair if you have short hair like if you have locks, if you however you have it like it's it's an emotional process, and I think experience, particularly for Black people, um, particularly who have been villainized for wearing their hair in certain ways. Like it seems like something something is never good enough. There's conversation around good or bad hair, and the more that I've talked with people about that and and gone through, like I said, my own journeys and, and hair experiences and and growth, like I found more passion for like wanting to continue to find ways to create community um, for uplift around hair.
1: I love that. Um, I love hearing you talk about hair making uh, <laughs> Um, One, because you're my hair coach, but I think that it's such a um, unique like lane to be in. Um, I think there's lots of coaches doing a lot of things. Um, and I still have yet to see someone coach around natural hair. Yeah. So you're still one of one in my opinion. <laughs> um, and so I love that you are able, and one thing that I think that we've talked about before, right, is um, one thing I know is that because I am formally trained in education as an educator, particularly for um, adult learners, because technically, I guess, college students are adult learners, um, for young folks who are constantly changing, is that I know that my skills transfer and that I'm able to teach and educate and coach and um, because that's how we are. We're always trained in that, regardless of what functional area, and so I love that you're able to one evolve from a blog to community conversations to actually like piloting and doing the thing, um, but also that you just believe like I already have the skills to do this and to do this well. And so, not that there are not new skills that need to be developed, they are not other skills that need to be mastered and honed, but like the the bare the bare necessity skills that I need for this to be successful, I have them. And I just have to figure out how to use them in a different way. Um, I think so much of what I've learned in business is that, like, actually, I already know how to do this. I actually have been doing this for a long time. And now I'm talking about something different or I'm using these skills in a different way. And so it feels new because the environment is new, not because the skill is not a skill that I don't have. Right. Um, And so I love that you sort of you sort of touch on that, because I think lots of folks who maybe are on the fence about entrepreneurship and should I take the leap of, business it's not for the faint of heart so do some more reflection if you think about it but if it's something that you've been pondering for a while right I think part of it is is identifying like what skills do I already have to be successful anything I want to do and if you can identify three to five skills that you already have go and you'll figure out the rest on the way like you'll
0: you figure out the rest on the way and I think it's also okay to like start and stop and restart yeah. With the people you're servicing, it's always, depending on what your business is, like, it's just important to be transparent about that. Like, get, make sure the people that you're providing service to are, like, getting a good and quality experience, right? And then being transparent about, like, is this going to be the last course that I run for a while? Is this going to be the last thing that I do for a little bit? Do I need to take a step back? Um, do I need to come back? And just, like, honoring where you are in the journey and being, being transparent about that. Because, like, I think not I think I know people respect honesty and mm-hmm. people respect transparency when it's done in the right way. Don't come like, oh girl, I'm so tired, I gotta run away. Right so <laughs> no, like hey, like we took some time to process reflect. we're rebuilding, and we're looking forward to coming back stronger for you. Here's some, you know, here's what we're planning. We loved your feedback. you know, like, and that that's a space that I'm like currently, I'm rebuilding some new things right now that I'm very excited for. And so, if you are thinking about business, our shared business coach said this to me. She told me to remove myself from the idea of finality, that everything I do means mm-hmm. the final thing. Shout out to Casey. Yeah, and honest. that that was spring to me because I've like been making pivots and every you know, like I've been making pivots and doing things, but I still, you know, have these moments oftentimes where I feel like the thing that I create needs to be perfect it needs to be ideal it needs to be exactly right like the idea I have has to be perfect it has to like meet all these things and be able to touch all these people and I stir myself up so much on that and it's like no um my other partner and good friend Jasmine Jenny, not Jasmine Prince because that's you um Mm -hmm. always says like what is the one thing that by doing it will make everything else simpler and easier Mm. and I go back to that so often. That and most recently removing myself from the idea of finality. I think those are two powerful things
1: <laughs> to work with. Yeah, and I think that um, what I've come to realize, cause you sort of talked about like, you can stop and you can start and you can pivot in your own business is that entrepreneurship, like there's not one way to do entrepreneurship. And yeah. so plenty of business coaches out here, of people who can give you strategy and all of these things, right? But until you maybe sit down and talk to them individually about your own business, like, it's still kind of a one-size-fits-all fit, one size fits all recipe, right? And so you can do business the way you want to do it and, like, the way that feels good, the way that feels aligned, and, like, for whatever season you're in, the way that makes sense for that season. And every season is not going to look the same. And I think that sort of touches on, right, what Casey said about finality, that, like, my business is always, is ever evolving because I'm always evolving. And so when I'm learning things about myself that should have an impact on the way that I'm doing business, right? It might not change it significantly, but it should have an impact. Like as I'm growing, my business should also be growing. And so um, shout out to Casey. Go back and check out her episode.
0: (laughs) Oh, yay.
1: Love that. I love it. Well, Shannon, as we wrap up, um, we end every episode the same way. And so I have a, a fill in the blank, uh, finish the statement statement. Um, mm-hmm. So the statement goes, I have permission to.
0: I have permission to. Hmm. I have a thought and it's forming and I feel like. I just feel very passionate about this, like I have permission to release myself into the freedom of my pivot I have permission to release myself into the freedom of my pivot and like that is my Jazz, let's touch and agree on this that's my prayer for like people that listen to this podcast and like listen to this episode like before we got on I was just saying to you like I like who are we asking for permission from ourselves we're asking Mm -hmm. for permission from ourselves and so like That is like my prayer for people that listen to this, that they feel encouraged, that they feel empowered to like release yourself from like these fears or whatever is holding you to yourself, like holding you back from yourself and like turn into whatever pivot that you're thinking of, like take it back to God. Yeah, all things in prayer. And um, release yourself into the freedom of your next thing.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, Well, y'all heard it here first. Um, Not that you need permission from us, but if you're listening and you needed a little extra push, a little extra encouragement, inspiration um, to release yourself from all the things that are holding you back from going after everything that you want and you desire that has your name on it, um, let this be a reminder. Um, Thank you so much, Shannon. Can you share with our listeners how they can connect with you, stay in touch with you and see what's going on um, with your business?
0: Yeah, absolutely. On Instagram, you can find us at your hair made simple um, for my business. For me personally, you can find me on Instagram at wandering to myself. That's wandering W-A, not wondering like W-O. Wandering to myself <laughs> on Instagram.
1: Excellent. We will have um, all of Shannon's links in the show notes. So if you want to connect with her on IG, um, or follow what's going on in her business, feel free to connect via Instagram. Shannon, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Um, I am grateful that you're a part of my community, that we have over the last few years been able to borrow courage from each other to uplift and affirm each other. Um, I am so proud of just like the faith that you're moving in and just allowing yourself to trust, like there is a plan that the plan is good. And that is like all working out in your favor. And so, um, I just want to say thanks for sharing your story, um, and encouraging our listeners today. Uh, thank y'all so much for tuning in. I will see you on the next episode of the permission to pivot podcast. Mm.